0: Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order.
1: I'm really excited to welcome a new sponsor to the show. Uh, we're, we're careful about the sponsors that we involve. I really I'm not into really pushing products unless it's something that I use myself and like and, and want to share with all of you. And so I've been trying out Finn and, um, and I really like it. And so I'm excited to talk to you about it. Finn is a high quality virtual assistant. Uh, you can use it to, to handle all kind of tasks like scheduling meetings, booking travel, buying gifts, or even more complicated things like hiring freelancers, building websites. I'm just starting to use it and um, finding you know, a lot of fun fun ways to save time, take things off my plate. Um, I'll let you know as we go in, in the weeks to come, you know, the different things that I come up with. So far, you know, I used it to cancel a subscription, some, some software I wasn't using. I'm embarrassed to say I'd been paying like $60 a month for the last two years without using this thing. And I uh, just never got around to it. So I hit fin, cancel that for me. It's done. Um, I'm using it to do LinkedIn research to help me find some candidates of uh, people I need to hire. It's fast, easy, affordable, Um, basically everything a great assistant can do. And uh, what I really like about it is that there's so many ways to to access Finn. You can use their website, send them an email, a text. There's a mobile app. You can even just send them a voice message and they, they jump on it. You can try it now for free. I've got uh, my very own link just for Rebel Radio listeners, and I'm excited to share it with you at no cost. Get over to finn.com slash rebel, check it out, let me know what you think, finn.com slash r-e-b-e-l, Fin.com slash rebel. I want to hear how you're using it, um, hit, me, hit me up on social, let me know if you tried out Finn, what you think, and uh, you know, I'd love to share ideas about how we can all be more productive.
2: Chris Denson from Crushing the Box. You're listening to Rebel Radio. Fuck Josh Levine. Not literally. Just socially. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up, what up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Tina Butterwolf.
1: It's your boy. It's okay.
2: Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh, Rebel Radio is going down.
1: Would you say? Rebel Radio?
2: Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio.
1: What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I talk to the rebels who are shaping youth culture. We find out how they do it, why they do it, and what you can do to get a little piece of the pie for yourself. We're also the only show that features new music every week from our friends over at EDM.com. Check it out. My guest this week is my man Chris Denson. He's the host of the great Innovation Crush podcast. He's also the author of Crushing the Box. New book on shelves now. Do we still have shelves uh, on Amazon now? Whatever. He's going to tell us about his journey from stand up comedy to corporate life um, and his rule of speaking up when he sees something wrong. Definitely not enough people doing that in corporate America. And it's, it's a great, uh, Chris has some great stories about that we'll get into right after our EDM.com track of the week.
3: I've been the best girl that's ever put her eye on you. You're making it so rough, I cannot hear too much for me alone to read through. You might want to know that my affection could grow in the night, we will glow. Lay down on me real slow. emotion There's not a thing.
1: Yo, that was the edm. dot com track of the week. That was Willem with Emotion. Get over to edm. dot com, check out new music, and now let's get into this interview with do.
3: That's
2: Kumsky. Yeah. Oh, that's... You mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I still think racism is hilarious. There was a I think when, like during the election cycle or whatever. Uh, Daily Show this clip of this dude who was being interviewed. Like, oh, when they were tearing the statues down, uh-huh. and uh, he was like, "You know, we don't say anything." When the, he was making a good argument, until he was like, "You know, the, whatever they want to do on Martin Luther King." I mean, <laughs> 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 and he like, la- like he la- chuckled at himself for sa- having said it out loud. Yeah, because I'm <laughs> like, sure he's. i was like, yeah, it's offensive, but that was a good one. <laughs> <And> he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he
1: laughed at himself. It's like, wow, that's funny. Is, is there? Let me just turn that What do you say? Well, it's like you know, like comedians like to argue right now that they get to be racist. Yeah. Yeah. Um. They get to be funny.
2: Well. Yeah, I think you. Could, I think you can tell, like a, a racially charged joke.
1: That's and, what I mean, right? But they, but well, so the comics want to argue that they get like a special license, right? Right. They're like, hey. I'm, you know, it's my job. I'm being funny. Yeah, I get to say shit that you can't say in the office or, yeah, or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, Who was was it?
2: A couple of comedians arguing, like in general, or is just like you talking about? No, the I just general think that's the general
1: narrative, right? And like, uh, you know, they're they're one of the like. I think most comics are are politically progressive, right? Mm-hmm. But yet they're very, as a group, they're very outspoken mm-hmm. about like, this political correctness yeah. of the moment. Should watch, uh, I think you know who did a, r- a really good job at it was
2: uh, Tom Segura. Oh, really? His last comedy show. He's, yeah, yeah. Like, his first two comedy shows was hilarious. Right. This one he was like, you know what I miss? And then, and then he just uh-huh. went down all the stuff that he missed being able to say or do or like, point out. Yeah. He's like, oh man, I'm, I really miss that one. <laughs> um, so I think, I, I think now it just probably requires a little bit more finesse. And, I
1: feel uh, like Chappelle, like, I don't know if he's doing, I don't know if it's on purpose or not. I think it's real opinions. But if, yeah, but it feels like, because you could, like, he has to be able to know in advance, like, okay, these are the two things that are going to get me in trouble. Oh, uh, yeah. And I don't care, you know, I am like. I, 100%. I think, yeah, of course. Because yeah, in, I, a, in I, all I, the, I, the I, new specials, there's like two things in each one. Was the, oh, well, yeah,
2: the transgender right. one. Right. Because then, because he, he did it in the first one. Right. And then he got the backlash. And then he it the backlash. And then he, he doubled down on it. Like, uh-huh, like exactly. That's like that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, for yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> let's cut our dicks off <laughs> <laughs> and trick dudes into fucking us. <laughs> Which
1: I mean, I don't know, we're not recording yet. Of course we are. <laughs> that's how we open the show. Exactly. Let's cut our dicks off on this installment of the radio. Exactly. Uh, Well, thanks for doing this,
2: man. Yeah, I'm going to turn this off. Just um, put in airplane mode.
1: No, you can take calls. It's fine. We'll just wait. Hello? (laughs) Uh, Yep. Um, You ever have, like... I know you've worked in, like, real jobs. True. Unlike me. And (sighs) so... You ever have just like people just take a call in the middle of a meeting? And be like
2: Not like blatantly. Oh I mean people like get up in like jet. I uh, we so working with Warner Brothers. They're yeah. The really, you know, high up the food chain executive. Sure. Who will be in a meet like we'll set a ninety minute meeting, will be come twenty minutes late, be yeah. on the phone most of it, and then be like just, I think I know I, that person. I was uh, Yeah all right um but not, sure. not, not like a
1: hello yeah no two
2: of them like,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah oh no that happened like in the music business oh yeah nobody that cares. happened all the time yeah. yeah and then you know when i first started my agency and i was i would hire people like from you know yeah that from the music or or whatever and yeah it'd be the same thing you'd be in a meeting and then you know a big conference room whatever and be like hello no nah, yeah i'm gonna have to call you back but hold on wait and like <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're gone for like a minute, you're giving the whole the whole yeah. room the, the one finger? Exactly. I think texting is
2: it like, I mean, at least it's a little bit more subtle. But even like my wife's brother, like it's not even well, he's, he's crazy. Be, not even just in meeting sessions. Right. You be like yeah. And then my mom died. Be like uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, he's dead. Of so your guy. mom died, huh? <laughs> and you're like I, you know, now it's kind of <laughs> I lost stole the, my punchline. <laughs> exactly. He stole the thunder from the. From the conversation.
1: Well, I'm excited to talk to you, man. I am we, excited to talk to you as well. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you do most of the talking. But um, I know we got a book coming out. We do? Well, you do. You're, I'm, I mean you I'm the co-sign. You can jump on. Yeah, yeah I'm <laughs> gonna co author the book <laughs> as of
2: now. Um, what's the book called? Uh, Crushing the Box Ten Essential Rules for Breaking Essential Rules. Beautiful. And um I gotta figure out an acronym. C T B. Oh yeah. I can't do the rest. T-E-R. Throw in a number. (laughs) Yeah, Ten. Yeah. 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 All right, see, there you go. It's like a password.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I've always been fascinated, so I want to hear about the book and and what's in it and and all that stuff. I've always been fascinated. I was trying to remember how we met, and I don't know. That's a Um, good question. But you're married to one of my favorite people, and... uh, and, but we met before that, Yep. somehow or another. Yeah, we. I'm sure we uh,
2: I can't remember how we crossed paths.
1: Yeah, because I was like,
2: when she told me our mutual favorite person, I was like, um, I know that guy. Like, yeah, he was he was kind of cool. Yeah, and then, then we ended up hanging out. And yeah, yeah. Now here we are. So I take credit for that. You should, um, as you should take credit. Yeah. For uh, so anyway, may have been on some ten cane rum stuff. Was that it? Was no, that it? I never worked on that. Oh, all I right. drank some. No, oh, right, me too. But that was so obviously i was drinking too much of it because i don't remember how, <laughs> how we met
1: yeah i don't know but you always had like so and then you have this really i think an interesting job yep. that i'll maybe you'll explain what that is yes I will and explain. uh but i think your your like your hustle overall is way more interesting than the job yeah and so i'm interested to, to dig into all of it um and then turns out you're a comedian Formerly engineer, yeah. all kind of other shit. Yes. going Yes, what a weird meandering career path. Yeah, so let's dig into that. How so I always like to start at the beginning and then kind of how you got to this. Yeah, um, what kind of kid were you? What kind of kid like, what, was were you into music? Were you into sports? What was where did uh, it all start for you? Uh, probably swimming. Okay,
2: this is interesting because like. You know my mom grew up in the projects of Detroit you know was married for 16 years and then got divorced had two kids before me um, and then I was a third I think I was a, like hey baby let's 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 reconcile this thing maybe. <laughs> I think I was that baby um, and so like I just kind of grew up almost like a, a only child like yeah. you know my, my brother and sister 12 and 13 years older than me and um, so as my mom kind of like left the. Projects and all that stuff behind. It was oh, I'm gonna have him do all the stuff that yeah. uh, you know I didn't get a chance to do. Maybe um, that's what my son's doing. Yeah, exactly. Me too. Yeah. Like, it's always love. You always want to level up as a as for a sure. parent. You're like, oh what didn't I get to do? Um, but so I, for the majority of my life, from five to twenty, I was always like the only black person on the you know in swimming uh-huh. of all things. Uh-huh. Um, and so I was always Man, kind of swimming. Can we just talk about swimming in Detroit? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like
1: that's got
2: to be painful. Yep. It started at the YMCA. Yeah, those winter like oh. tournaments. You come outside, you like is just like frozen <laughs> stiff. Um, and then we used to have like we used to go to swim meets in Sandusky, Ohio, uh-huh. bowling like it was like regional kind of stuff. So we never escaped right. the cold. It's cold as hell. Exactly. And the swim season is, goes through winter. So you're right. like, that's just dumb. Um, whoever planned this out, was th- what didn't take it through. But uh, just kind of like, I guess, kind of always having literally been a fish out of water. Uh, not literally a fish, but you know uh-huh. um, That would be weird if I was like, <laughs> I was like, suddenly my scales came out. Um, shape of water. No, so uh, just being a, like, being that individual so is always having like a different perspective and a very unique perspective. Yeah. And I'm kind of just putting this in perspective now that you've, that you've asked it. Um, and so at the same time i just like always always like jokes i just uh-huh. always I, like i watch sitcoms i watch stand-up even to this day like that's probably like my the majority of my viewing experience is stand-up comedy okay what
1: was what's uh, uh do you remember the first stand-up you saw live
2: first stand up i saw well no because here's the thing I didn't. i don't think i went to a show when i went to michigan state there were signs on campus like "Cedricly Entertainers coming to campus." Uh-huh. You know, we need two opening acts, and I was like, "Ooh, I want to try that." I'm Seventeen, really? like freshman year, yeah, probably like my first semester, and I like I wrote some jokes and went and auditioned, and um, you know, when you audition for like two people, they're like this. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like is that uh, but a week later they called me like yes we would love for you to you know come by and and, and do this and so like, you open for cedric the entertainer was my very first time no way. doing stand up probably and more than likely my very first time seeing like stand up because when they i think it was like a month between the time he was coming in the time i audition yeah so um i like i just went and, and did as many shows as i could in the meantime open mics i was like yeah. well i guess i better learn how to actually do it um and so yeah the, that was kind
1: of like the, the the whole path there. And what about so you know for the for the youngsters listening to the show we have a lot of teenagers okay. to listen. And so you know before there were comedy specials there were comedy albums. Right. Yeah. Um and I you know I grew up I still have, I found them the other day my stack of comedy oh, records. Oh
2: I got I I, I I have a box in the garage with nice. CDs and tapes.
1: What um what was like a favorite you know what was the one that you had on heavy rotation? <laughs> um Adam
2: Sandler uh-huh. like Adam Sandler's tapes were ridiculous like his yeah. albums was just like it was like an adventure it was like yeah, a sketch yeah. listening to a sketch comedy show mixed with stand-up mixed with music mixed with all and he was just weird and it was like I have a really off-kilter sense of humor uh-huh. like it's the more obscure the more hilarious to me so he was really obscure um I remember listening to delirious on a yeah. tape this is a odd story incredible um I had it blasted like I was I was at home my mom used to have her she was a teacher so yeah. she would ha- like on Wednesdays she would have these meetings that would go to six o'clock so I'm there cleaning up the house listening to Eddie Murphy I must have been 15 14 mm-hmm. and uh, can we cuss on the show yeah yeah uh, we, we require it okay oh cool fuck yeah um no he, there was a he was doing this um this bit about, Ab- not and Ab- Costello, uh, the Honeymooners. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, hey, Norton, <laughs> come over here and fuck me up the ass. Not that funny of a joke, but that's the exact moment that my mom walked into the house. And it was like blasting. I'm like, I got the vacuum cleaner in my hand. We're like looking at each other <laughs> like, a, like I'm a roach, just caught in, like, <laughs> do you see me? You know, you, know, you know who'd be a funny faggot? Ralph Cramden and Ed Norton. Wouldn't they be funny faggots? If Ralph crammed leaned out the window one day and said, Norton! Norton, pal, come on down. I want to show you something. (laughs) Ha-ha! Hey there, Ralphie boy. What do you say there, pal of mine? You know, Norton, I've been watching you. And I know you've been watching me, Norton. You
1: watch me. I know. So, uh, Ralph, where are you getting that?
2: Norton, my friend, how would you like to fuck me up the ass? Fuck me, Norton. And you know that I know that you
1: know that I know that you wanna fuck me. Now I'm gonna bend over. And when I do, start fucking.
2: Um and she literally took the tape and like took the tape out of it. Oh, is that right? Yep. And I borrowed it from a friend of mine. <laughs> so I had to go tell Greg the next day at swim practice, like, hey man, my mom destroyed your tape. <laughs> so wow. um So it was, you know, and and not only that, I think she always wanted me to, like, she kind of had this vision of me, like, going to work with a briefcase and a suit and, like, lawyer or doctor. And I just really liked humor. So it was kind of like, I kind of grew up with that duality.
1: Well, it's funny you say, I mean, it's funny you mentioned that joke because it's it's not that funny now. But at the time, like, you know, it was on brand, right? It was. Well, I'm just saying, like, we. You know, the bar keeps changing culturally, yeah. right? And we were talking before mm-hmm. about this p- political correct moment that we're in yeah. as it relates to comedy. And I think, you know, like the average, you just didn't hear that much cursing mm-hmm. or talk about sex. And like, there wasn't that much explicit language in our lives. Other than, like, we, you know, we're cursing on the playground or whatever, right. but we didn't hear it that much in music the way we do today. Yeah. I'm talking about well, the 80s. Subject, and... Look,
2: I like, my first sort of, like, venture into hip-hop, aside from MC Hammer and De La Soul, Three Feet High and Rising, was Too Short. Okay. um And, like, I just listened to Cuss Words, like, Cuss Words the other day. On Valentine's Day, as a matter of fact. To all you bitches, hoes, and all that shit. Here's another rap. Pop- That I'm ready to spit It goes like this My name is short I'm tearing shit up like never before Pimp, slaps, making snaps Cold cash money and two short raps Oakland, California, that's where I'm from that's a good Valentine. I texted it to my boy. I was like, oh, I was like, Happy Valentine's, and he was like, What? <laughs> he just got married, so it was their first Valentine's
1: Day. Um, that Two Live Crew. Yeah, I mean, it was there. It was just no. It but, was harder to access. But I'm just saying, that was the same era, yeah. right? Of of like Eddie Murphy, mm-hmm. Two Short, Two Live Crew. That was the same era before that. Like I always say, Easy E taught the world that you could cuss on a record. He sure did. Because before that, we hadn't really heard. And it.
2: No, that was just cousin, like the subject matter. Yeah, it was like you can't just talk about slapping, like beating up women. Oh yeah, it's like that. Oh, let's, let's rewind that for you sure. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, I don't know <laughs> how that, that slipped plays in out today, but like, <laughs> exactly. but, but, my point is like, so when we're hearing that, we're hearing that honeymooners joke, at that age or at that at that point in history, right? It's like, well, the honeymooners was this iconic, you know. You know, it wasn't like this is us or some, right? Some popular show that like people know about, but it's gonna be gone in a few years, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like Honeymooners was like, it was it. it was defining television yeah. at that moment, right? And it was clean and all of that. And so to have that, I don't know. I don't want to belabor the saying, point, like, but like
2: the juxtaposition of where we were culturally with the
1: shock value. I'm just saying, it's all changed now, right? Yeah. And, and it all all this stuff has a different meaning today than it than it does back then. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. I can see that. It's um,
2: no, I, I, I think yeah, the cultural relevancy and just what shocks us, right? I mean, yeah. think of when Howard Stern came out, and you know, people were like, "Oh my gosh, yeah. like yeah, is this dude sure. actually," and that was just par for the course. Right? right. It's it, yeah, you know, in some way, I, I think as a parent sometimes, I'm, I want to say unfortunately, it's par for the course, um, but as a fan, I'm like as soon as my daughter gets out of the car to drop her off at school uh, it's right like, it's, a, it's a whole different mix uh, uh, from my spotify
1: play. well so you have you have two kids uh and your, your daughter's getting to that age where like rebellion starts to mm-hmm. become i don't know i don't know what's happening in your house or i'm not <laughs> that's not what i'm asking but um but i feel like you know our generation like we got our ears pierced yeah as a as a as a self-expression but also for some people uh, it was a rebellion it was Mm -hmm. active rebellion right and then kids today aren't really getting their boys are not getting their ears pierced Mm -hmm. right unless they're getting the big gauges and whatever but like your average kid who's just trying to be cool at the schoolyard like he's not getting his ears pierced tattoos kind of replaced that and now i feel like tattoos are commonplace Mm -hmm. you know unless now it's like it's got to be on your face to be, like, Different re- to be rebellious, yeah. right? And then, but I'm wondering, like, where does that go? Like, where does rebellion, like, how are kids supposed to piss off their parents in
2: 2018? I think, that, I feel like the hidden things that we used to do, is like, oh, I'm going to go over to Joe's house, and then you go to a party. Sure. It's, it's I would imagine that most of it is digital right and it's like i'm in this part of the internet that right. you don't know about yeah. right like that's and that's where the party happens um and you know cuz i think i wasn't i mean i didn't sneak around a lot i didn't do all the stuff but you know i, I think the our ability to track uh, track a kid based on a gps mm-hmm. app mm-hmm. that you know it's like okay i know exactly where you are oh you th- I thought you told me we were at somebody else's house or the other day my daughter had a friend over. My daughter does not have a phone. Mm-hmm. Um and they we went to the grove, um, and they were walking around. I was like, All right, let's meet back here in an hour but then it was like they would send me text messages and part of me felt weird, it was like, why am I texting with a twelve year old girl? Like it's just strange. Right? But it's a it's a it's a longer and yeah. safer leash yeah. in some ways. Sure. Um but it's just like that hidden rebellion piece just happens, you know, in places that our you know parents aren't aren't going. Mm-hmm um but as i mean as far as everything else like she goes to an all-girls stem school
3: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and she'll come back like they were twerking in the library like it's all still the same sort right. of you know what we used to do as idiotic behavior or still do. i was twerking this morning while i was waiting for you um but uh they almost kicked
1: me out of the lobby oh yeah they'll do that they will it's an say anti-twerk so. until the clap started and they were like he did it <laughs> Let them stay. (laughs) They don't want amateur twerkers in here. (laughs) Exactly. That's what's up. Um, How far did you get in comedy?
2: Uh, I went all the way to the top, baby. Yeah. Um, Top of the bottom. I went to. uh, I mean. you opened for Cedric the Entertainer, as it. Yeah, that was that start. was a, so the, like, the, my first step. It's kind of nowhere to go but down from there. <laughs> I um I did pretty good. I like I won some comedy competitions. I was on USA Up All Night with Gilbert Gottfried. Okay. They flew a bunch of us out to New York. To we did. We performed at Radio City Music Hall and just like a, a bunch of venues in New York. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and then where it changed for me was that I had a friend who was a telecommunications major and he had access to cameras. And okay. He was like, "What if we did a sketch comedy show?" And I was like, "Yeah, let's do a sketch, you know, whatever." Yeah. So, I started writing sketches and when we had our first table read, I was like, "Man, this is it." Just is like right? to create something on a piece of like have a Got vision it. in your head, throw it on a piece of paper and then see how it starts to because we did went through the whole casting and assigned roles and I like that's when I just fell in love with the whole, you know, Almost like the idea of ideas. Like, uh-huh. let's just make stuff, you know? Um, humor has always been like my lens. Like, yeah. Even today, when I'm like working on stuff for, you know, a, a Fortune 50 brand, it's like my brainstorms have a lot of puns. There's a lot of puns on the whiteboard. And it's right. just like, oh, but actually, that could be something. Yeah. So, um, but between that and then turning that into a writing career, working with like Jamie Foxx uh-huh. and Chris Spencer and the Wayans family and, you know, a ton of, like, assignments here and there. Just, um, it, it was just really cool. I mean, Kenya Barris, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, collaborated with him on, you know, when he first got his development deal. Like, just nice. kind of keeping that the thing going. The thing about comedy for me was that, it, or stand-up in its purest form, was that it was a little too repetitive, Mm. right? Like you are literally doing the same set night after night. Yeah. um, Multiple shows a night. And I didn't want to go on the road. I didn't want to be the starving, like road comic. Um, And so between those two things, I just kind of left my humor to like be a little bit more spontaneous
1: or at least like craft it, put it out let it go. Move on to the next one. Check it out. Y'all help me welcome LinkedIn to the show as our newest sponsor. I couldn't be more excited about this one. I don't know if you know what I do for a living. I'm not only the humble host of your favorite podcast, I also run a lifestyle marketing agency. We create events and experiential activations and content to help brands make investments in music, art, and other areas of culture. And this year, we also started offering recruiting services to help companies hire amazing people from within the network we've built over the years. In other words, I have to hire a lot of people. And it's no exaggeration to say, I just, I couldn't do that without LinkedIn. That's the truth. I use it every day to network, to keep in touch with people, to search for candidates, to do research. It's pretty much always open on my computer. LinkedIn is a better way to find great talent than the job boards or the other job sites. I mean, think about it. Millions of people are already using LinkedIn for networking. Most of those people aren't checking job boards, but they're on LinkedIn. So if you post your job there, people are way more likely to see it and to pay attention. 22 million people view and apply to jobs on LinkedIn every week, and their system considers the skills, experiences, location, and more to match and promote your job to potential candidates. If you're not using LinkedIn for your hiring needs, you're missing out. So if you need to hire people for your company, I'm going to hook you up. Go to LinkedIn.com rebel and get a $50 credit toward your first job post. That's LinkedIn.com rebel for a $50 credit today. Terms and conditions apply. Was there a moment where you were like, okay, I'm gonna change careers?
2: It was, well, so at the same time at Michigan State, I also was earning the engineering degree. Uh So I have a degree in packaging engineering. Worked at chrysler was going to kokomo indiana a wow. couple times a month um looked that up on google earth you'll be depressed <laughs> um and then uh that's actually kind of cool like one horse town cornfields one strip club you know like in, in a movie I mean, theater. as long as there's a strip club yeah as long right. as there's a strip club um but uh that was that was it, i always I, I kept comedy in my pocket right uh-huh. i was doing like improv i was doing i had one friend who had moved out to la you know and i was just we would just check in like probably two three times a week and mm-hmm. then i came out to visit him and um, I actually bought one of those, like you could order uh, in the mail, like a direct the directory of television executives. Oh yeah, for yeah Like, twenty five dollars. Yeah. And so I ordered one of those, like probably sent out like fifty sample sketches before I came out here, trying to just be strategic about my time here. Yeah. Um, that, those fifty got me one meeting. Okay. <laughs> um, that was let's say I was I think I was leaving on two percent by uh by email
1: marketing standards. That's huge. But that that, Thank you. You know,
2: you just turn you just reshape that whole. <laughs> part of my past. I mean, like your <laughs> um, click-through rate is off the charts. Exactly. Um, but kind of based on that meeting, it, I mean, it was promising, but it, like, it, it long-term it didn't go anywhere, but I was like, I'm moving. Yeah. That is it. Like, yeah. I've seen, a, you know, I've seen LA. I've, I get a feel for it. This yeah. is a direction I can head in. Um, and then uh, it was probably three months later, like, I was like, up my suzu rodeo and <laughs> drove across the country 36 hours
1: nice um
2: and uh, uh yeah literally like no motel or hotel or anything yeah um and it kind of laid my my head in in hollywood so uh and that was it was okay i mean you know like like most of us when you first move and you're trying to like hustle and like do freelance or entrepreneurial work yeah it's uh <laughs> It was eventful. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I worked as a personal trainer. Okay. I was I was like work, doing events, but eight months after I moved here, um, I got uh, a job working at BT. Okay. That's, that's where I met all those guys that I and, and girls, yeah. um, to and got a chance to work on those other things. You know, yeah. one guy I worked for the Wayne's family since the days of In Living Color. Oh, and, wow. You know, one what Kenya Barris was our writing assistant at this, yeah. you know at the time. So it was a good just mix of people who are like still like making don't move today. Uh-huh. Um and you know, so 8 months not bad after after moving from the
1: Midwest. Yeah. You know. So if you're you're making your way through entertainment business, why would you get into marketing and advertising? <laughs> Um, it was, it's, why, why would anyone? It's that? an odd
2: natural progression. So, you know, obviously from stand up got into writing. Yeah. From writing got into production, right? I was working on music videos and like just helping bring stuff to life. I got a chance to launch a hip hop network with Playboy at, at, a, um, at a point in time called uh, Hype TV. Oh, okay. And uh, was an associate producer on there. And we were, because we were partnering with Playboy, they went out and shot this commercial. And They were like, hey, look at our commercial. And it was awful. Uh, actually, really? I actually ran into one of the guys who worked on it uh, a, couple of, a couple of days ago. And I, I was like, sorry if I'm being too honest, but uh, but basically raised my hand. He's like, I can take a stab at this if you want me to, you know, because it was a small team anyway. And, yeah. you know, small teams, you wear a ton of different hats, which yeah. is kind of the gift and the curse, depending on the scenario. Um, and in that scenario, it actually worked. So I was doing websites, partnerships, you know, shot new spots. I didn't know what I was doing per se, Like mm-hmm. I, uh, but you surround yourself with, the right photographers, uh, all all that you know, the right resources. Yeah, and it came out really well. I still have like a couple of the print ads and frames, you know, at home. Um, and I just, uh, I what I started to see as an evolution was like, you know, developing a concept from a nugget, whether it's a joke you have in your head, and you're like, oh, that could work if I framed it this way, to putting it out and and kind of like putting the message that this thing exists out. You know who the audience you're, you're creating for, even if it's just an audience of one, right. you know? Yeah. Um, and then just, and I think that coupled with getting fired from jobs or like, um, like a BT, they fired the entire writing staff sure. uh, like with zero notice. Yeah. But nice. I learned to go like, uh, I'm not gonna, I need to make sure I have food on the table. So I was just doing other things to yeah. kind of pay the rent.
1: Talk about, <clears throat> so you see this bad commercial. It's hard to imagine that BET can't make, I mean, it, Playboy can't make a good hip-hop commercial. You'd be surprised. As, as hip-hop as... Uh, there
2: was a guy yeah. with a fur coat and no shirt on, who was not a rapper.
1: He looked like cannabis. I'm actually but. not surprised at all that, <laughs> that that company wouldn't understand hip-hop. That's uh, really their world. Mm-hmm. But uh, no... <clears throat> So talk about that. You see this bad commercial, and you spoke up. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think in corporate America, uh, well, all I have to do is watch TV and realize that most people don't speak up when they see a bad commercial mm-hmm. being made, because <laughs> there's a lot of ads. T- oh yeah, right. And uh, but but it's a very you know, <clears throat> in the environment of corporate America, it's very mm-hmm. like people people don't say what they're thinking. Yeah. So where'd that come from for you? Like. How, how
2: did you... That's a good question. Um, you know, if I, I want to be deep, you know, it's pr- probably A, just growing up as a semi-single, you know, uh, only child. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was definitely, like... She was an explorer of sorts. Like, you know, I think once she mm-hmm. was liberated at 33 from her marriage and kind of, like, starting life over, she was always taking classes and, right. like, learning lo- about her money and, like, doing belly de- like, just all sorts of stuff while teaching. And so she, we would just have conversation. You know, yeah. I remember, like, when she bought a, a house, she was asking me about, like, how much money does it cost? me? you know, plus it's a black woman from Detroit. Like, you, uh-huh. you kind of don't take no shorts, right? right? I think the difference for me was you know, learning the finesse. I don't think I always would have spoken up, you know, learning yeah. how to say this is bad without being like, this is awful,
3: Yeah.
2: let me do it. Right. Like, you know, there's a language in a way that you can diss somebody without making <clears throat> them feel this. And I've seen, you know, and I think you also, I, I look at a lot of things that have happened in my life or just a conversation like this as mentor moments, mm-hmm. right? There's always something I pick up from our dialogue. Even the fact that you asked me that question is like, force me another layer mm-hmm. of depth and mm-hmm. that layer of depth is gonna probably stick with me in, in other situations. Sure. But um, you know, and I like I'm I'm all, I've always just been sort of an observer. Yeah. You know, I think even, even that sort of semi only child thing is like you kinda like watch with like you're not playing with your brother or sister, right? right. You know, you're not yeah, yeah. distracted by another sibling. It's like what's that? You know yeah. you t- instead of twiddling your thumbs. Yeah. So um that's probably you know has something to do with it. Okay. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Do you keep that? Like, so now you work for a big, big company, um, and yep. you you know I don't <clears throat> I don't know exactly what the job entails, but I imagine like let me tell you, Josh. Yeah, tell us all about it. <laughs> but no, so I'm interested to hear about uh, you know what you're doing. And, um, but, but have you kept that, right? Can you still speak up?
2: Yeah, I think, I think what probably, and I would say relatively recently, I've just learned to be myself. Mm. right? There was a period of time where, you know, I told you about the puns on the whiteboard. Where I was like, I was afraid to be humorous yeah. in a corporate setting, right? Because even that, it's kind of come from childhood, where you know you are the only black kid on the swim team. Right. Your parent is going to say, "Hey, be careful of how you act, because they're going to think of you this way." Right? Yeah. So yeah. I think I carried some of that with me, and sure. not being able to like. Ah, ha. So um, I think eventually I just le- like I learned to be all of who I am in any given scenario. Did you see
1: the Wanda special, the last one? No, I've heard about it. I heard it was amazing. It's so good. But she has the thing talking about when when, uh, Obama became president, she went out and bought a bunch of watermelon. And and she was like, this is the first time in my life when I would eat watermelon in front of white people. (laughs) And like, I mean, it's hilarious. You know, I'm not doing it justice. But uh, but I think, to some extent, we all go through that having to figure out how to be who we are. Right. Right. And, And being comfortable. Especially, I think, and I don't mean to be so down on corporate America, but I think, no. I think it's designed to kind of take people's individuality out of them and, and create more. Uh, like, you got to get a lot of people moving in the same direction.
2: Yeah, oh, exactly. I mean, it's it's a machine, right? Yeah. It's a, like these giant companies aren't like they're well-oiled machines. And, yeah. You know, sometimes they need a little extra grease, but for the most part, it's like this is how we do things, right. and. That's what I'm teaching you that our method, our method, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and
1: so, know, can, can you point to you say you sort of figured that out recently? Can you, was there moments when you re- realized that or you realized you were losing a part of yourself? I, I think there was a period of
2: time where I wasn't, I um, just wasn't happy. Right, like I was doing cool stuff. I was as a matter of fact. I was. I remember. I was working at the American Film Institute's Digital Content Lab, okay. and it was like a think tank for marriages of technology and entertainment. And we were like building stuff all the time. And I just remember thinking, like, I like I haven't spread my wings, and I don't know yeah. how to get myself in a position, you know, position. I remember I had a friend um uh, who. His dad was a salesperson, so he used to travel with his dad, and his dad would be listening to, like, Wayne Dyer tapes in the car. Uh-huh. And I remember making fun of him for listening to Wayne Dyer and Eckhart Tolle and blah, blah, blah. And I remember I, stuttered, I st- uh, stumbled upon a video of Wayne Dyer's, and he said whatever was at 30 seconds that I saw was, like, exactly what I had been thinking about, or f- and I just went down the rabbit hole. Right. And it was probably, like, a good year or two worth of time where I was, like, uh, Like, it was just, like you know, your, your head kind of explodes in a way yeah. like, oh, I didn't even know this was a way to see the world, right? And a matter of fact, part of, what, part of my tattoo says, uh, change the way you look at things and the things you look at will begin to change. Uh-huh. And it's just, that's my one constant reminder, like no matter what situation I'm in, whether it's difficulty at home or trying to figure out how to launch a new product or, you know, interview somebody on my show in a way that nobody else has ever been interviewed, is uh i'm always like how can i look at this from other perspectives and other angles um and i think you know you mentioned like the the audience for peripa radio it's like we are a multi-hyphenate culture right you know thanks to social media like oh i didn't know josh also liked horseback riding (laughs) like and was a frisbee champion like i may know you through one narrow line i am a frisbee champion i I know but i'm frisbee on horseback that that's, yes, that's my with shit. your shirt off. <laughs> yeah, of course. I've always said I wanted to have a, a horse, and like I want to leave a nightclub and whistle, and my horse comes from around the uh, from around the corner. And I get on it and I'm like all right, and then just take off. And they're like, "Remember that dude?" You don't go cover that. <laughs> no, <Nah, nah. laughs> I, I won't after that. <laughs> they're like, "Remember that time the dude left on a horse?" <laughs> like that would be a story for at least you know a, a few people for generations. My grandfather once told me about a man who left <laughs> a nightclub on a horse. <laughs> um. But yeah the, I, that was you know it was uh it was that kind of a point of discovery and it, it, and even after that it still took work it still takes work yeah it still takes work to be cognizant of who you are you know in a room and i think most of us especially you think about a golden opportunity you know hmm. to work with an artist or a celebrity or a company that you really admire and you're like what do you need me to do mm-hmm. what do you need me to be of like I'm yeah. I'm whatever you as opposed to saying, like, I'm adding value to your situation because of all my personal and work life history and my perspective is actually valuable here versus the other way around. You know, it's like, your value to me, because now like, it's going to be good on my resume. Like, right. kind yeah, yeah, of two steps ahead
1: and out of the moment. Of course. Yeah. So let's talk about innovation. You, you, so you work for kind of an innovation agency, if I understand it correctly. Yes. Um, and you, and you have innovation crush. Yes. I really enjoy listening to your show. It's, it's cool because, um, you know, we interview some of the same guests Mm -hmm. and, but, uh, Now I just have to interview myself. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but even that, like, you know, you take a very different approach than I do. Mm -hmm. And so it's fun. Like I was listening to to Brent Bushnell episode and I had him on the show and, um, you know, so it's just you come at it in a really different way, which is yeah. it's fun for me. So I love the show, and now you have a book about innovation. Yes. Um, why?
2: Why do I have all these things? Why do? I, uh, why what?
1: Why? Uh, <laughs> why innovation?
2: I, this is gonna sound totally like jerky, but I, I do feel like it's a lifeblood of you know. Do it society. in a
1: different voice then. I do
2: feel like it's lifeblood. Um, I haven't practiced many of my voices, so you
1: threw me off. I've been doing, when I read to my son at night, I try to do all the characters in different voices. Yes. And I don't do a very good job of it, but he's really lenient with me. And sometimes, (laughs) a couple times he's mentioned it, and I'm like, Oh, you want me to stop? He's like, no, no, do the voices. Yeah,
2: so, what, so let's hear one. No, I, I don't. I've got a, I got a children's book or Yeah, yeah, if you have one. When I do my readings, I, every time I do it, every paragraph, I'm just switch accents. I'm like what are you talking about um no but I'm like, i like i believe you know i kind of my little anecdote is like whether you're a parent trying to figure out a different way to communicate to your kids or you're the ceo of coca-cola trying to stay on top yeah it requires some re-engineering of how you do things and how you see the world um and uh, you know I, even in the book it's or in these interviews is as much of a life lesson as it as it is business tactics yeah Um, and I think most of us want to evolve in some way and, you know, and it's kind of like what got you here won't get you there. Mm -hmm. So no matter where you've gotten, it's like you've gotten there by doing things you know how to do. And then, so how do you become curious and exploratory enough to continually try different things? You know, um, whether it's like obliteration kind of disruption, you know, whether it's Airbnb or Uber is like, oh, well, how do we handle this rent situation right. in Venice? Because you can't just rent out your apartment and you're like, Yes, I can. Yeah. Well, we gotta need to write some laws about it. Like that is you know, or if it's just like, Oh, I've never seen a billboard like that. Right. You know. Um yeah. there it just requires like the you know, these skill sets. And so, um and for me it's like almost look at everything as you're an experience in a story right it's storytelling okay. to some extent every brand is telling a story every product is telling a story or tries to appeal to you in some emotional way yeah and so um, how do we allow people to experience that story so my innovation lens is usually like through marketing and storytelling It's okay. like, oh well people love doing X or the, here's the insight that we know about society and culture and yeah. here's something that's lean, leaning in that direction in a way that we haven't seen before and then you start to combine and compare and like make hodgepodge of it all.
1: Yeah. You know? So you've been doing it a few years now. Yes. The podcast and the job mm-hmm. and kind of immersed in, in innovation. Yeah. What have you learned about innovation that, that's
2: doom? No. The, <laughs> the, for, well, by the way, for clarity's sake, the job thing uh, is Omnicom Media Group. Ignition Factory right out of 10,000 employees around the world. There's 20 of us who are responsible for emerging technology emerging platforms culture Um, 50% of what we do is education like hey, here's trends and Insights and POVs on things that are happening in the world. The other 50% is turning those into products marketing moments services, so you know, if we do our job well, we're doing like a lot of first ever's and uh-huh. award-winning, if not award-worthy work. Uh-huh. Uh, we don't always get there, but sure. <laughs> but that's you know that's sort of, of the goal. So uh, you know, I kind of look at myself as like an Anthony Bourdain, right? Like one part sort of storyteller, and I'm presenting these worlds to you via an innovation crush, and the other part is actually like I still have my hands in the kitchen and like cooking, right? And still making things.
1: I mean, I think that's such an interesting job, and and you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm friends with the guy who was in the job before you. Yep. And he used to tell me, like, you know, there was one client that, you know, he would come to him every six months or f- however often with uh, the more of the education side. Mm-hmm. And he said the CEO would always say, like, this is brilliant. I love you guys. I'm never going to do any of it. Mm-hmm. But keep coming in. And I and I, I, think, like, I just thought, like, what a fucking great <laughs> business to be in, Right. right. Where, like. Uh, you don't, I mean, obviously, at some point it's about making selling stuff and making money and all that. But on the other hand, like to be able to kind of flex creatively and share your knowledge and mm-hmm. not always have it be, you know, about the transaction. Yeah. Which, you know, for most of us in business, right? And certainly in the agency business, like you're just trying to sell the next thing.
2: Yeah. Look, I, look, I, You know, therein lies, like, a duality, right? Because it's, uh, for some, it's frustrating that you you do the work and you go and, like, give the ideas and the education and they're like, "Uh
1: uh-huh, right?
2: that's really smart. I look at it as, I just want to, like, I've always looked at my job as, like, I want to turn on a switch in somebody. Yeah, Like, you can't unknow something. So if I go in and tell you about artificial intelligence or AR or, you know, or daybreaker dance parties. So I say innovation is never synonymous with technology, mm-hmm. right? It mm-hmm. just could be something that's new and, and, and refreshed, um, you know. That is something like you just don't know the domino effect that happens. Right. That same CEO might go tell his wife or somebody else on another team about. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I heard about this thing, and then that person goes and does something with it, and you never see the light of day. Yeah, yeah, um, you're like, oh, I, you know, there was a uh, matter of fact, I went and visited a client last week, and um, we were kind of reengaging with them. We hadn't worked in the, with them for a, about a, a year plus. And they were like, you know, we always love when you guys came here. You would tell us about things. And then two or three years later, we'd see it. And you're like, yeah. That's, yeah. Like, that's kind of the, you know, the journey. And it's funny. Uh, so uh, two, two things. One is, like, sometimes when I give talks, I'll do anti-case studies. Uh-huh. Right? I'll show you one case study. And then I'll show you 20 other ideas that did not happen for that same project. Because... For instance, we did uh, for Suicide Squad. We did this um, tattoo parlor at South by a couple yeah, yeah. years ago, and uh, South uh, Ad Week wrote it up. as one of the top five things that happened at South. You know, South by. We had a line around the block every day. People were getting real tattoos. A lot of them was their first tattoo, and you know, it was just kind of cool. Um, and I, I showed that case study, and then I showed the deck of ideas that we had also pitched, and yeah. that was that idea was okay by comparison, right? Right. So then you get into like. The business goals, the objectives, what people have an appetite for—like sure. knowing, no matter how great your idea is—I'm always talking to a person. I yeah. need to appeal to you, not make you like think the right, idea right, is right. cool. Yeah. So, you know, there's all these like little nuances that people forget, and I don't want to be like, "Look at all my amazing case study work!" Like, there's some f- multiple failures mm-hmm. uh, on in, in different states, and when you ask me, sort of like, uh, I think it was, "What does innovation take?" or something like that, or what are some things that are in common? um one of the first things that always jumps out to me is this idea of loneliness Mm. right because especially if you see the world or an idea or a thing a certain way that nobody else sees it and you gotta like and you feel passionate enough about it to hunker down and try to make it happen um people gonna be like okay that's that's cool uh so let's talk about this other stuff (laughs) you know or you know think about entrepreneurs that go to investors meetings like how many investors meetings do you have to go to Until somebody, you're constantly recalibrating your presentation and like trying to take feedback, but some of that feedback doesn't necessarily agree with you. But you trust the individual, and you're like, I don't want to. So it's just it's you and your vision, and slowly but surely, like you know, if if it's good enough, people start to jump on board with it, right? And suddenly you've built an army. I'm sure like Travis Kalanick was like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna make everybody a taxi driver. You're like, okay. Cool, <laughs> right sure right so yeah. um, so that's i mean that's one of the things that that stands out as like a a real difficulty that, that innovators quote unquote face
1: what's been the biggest surprise to you since you started the say the the podcast
2: um, just a just the, i guess just the overall response i think that you know again when a I feel like part of my job as a, on the host side and the innovation crush side is like to really humanize these stories. Yeah. You know, like I inter, interview Sugar Ray Leonard, right? And you know, most people will go like, yeah, hey champ, you're the champ. And it's like, everybody celebrates you as a champ. Tell me about like the people you surround yourself with. Right. And then he starts talking about nutritionists and trainers and people like taking hamburgers out of his hand. It's not yeah. It's not just him like doing push-ups all day and, and punching a, <laughs> a punching bag. Sure. It's, it's like, hey man, you can't like, there's a huge committee of soundboards and people who are, have responsibility in the goal. And I think you, I, when I draw a parallel, I can say he's like a CEO or a founder or yeah. an entrepreneur within the company. It's like you've got to have other people helping you be who you are. Yeah. Uh, you know, on on that journey. Um, I don't know if that answers your question because I got lost in my own head.
1: No, that's but, no. I think that's interesting, and and it's like I was hanging out with some pro race car drivers. Mm. And they were saying that uh, pros today, they have to start at five driving cars. Oh, yeah. Driving the go-karts. Five years old? Five years old. Mm. Because you have to get the, you know, you need the muscle memory, right? right. To learn the mechanics of driving a car. And then by 10. Had my son pick me up from work. Exactly. <laughs> um, so they started them out on the go-karts. And then by 10, they they're in a bigger car. And they said from 10 to like, you know, through your teen years, what you're learning is how to manage your team.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And because you have mechanics and engineers and whatever. Yeah. You know, There's 10 people on a race team. Um, and you, as the driver, you're the captain. Mm-hmm. And you have to, and so they said, like, look at me. <laughs> I'm the captain. <laughs> so that's the thing, you know, people like that are, you know, so you're a kid, you got to become the CEO. -hmm. And you have to be a leader, and and your team's relying on you, you're relying on them, and there's this, all that. And if you're a boxing champion, it's the same thing.
2: Yeah. Anybody, I mean, I interviewed the CEO of Virgin Galactic. Yeah. It's like, he's managing a whole bunch of stuff, but it's like, sure. We, I think we also live in such a headline culture right now. You know, it's like I read the headline, I get the whole story, right? It's yeah. like here's five things you need to know. And you're like, all right, now I know all the five things. Yeah. So let's do it. Yeah. And it's not always as simple as that.
1: Yeah. So you, you got this cool job. You got the podcast. You got two kids. Yes. You got uh I have you, all those. Things. I know you're speaking all over the place, conferences and all that. How was there time to write a book? <laughs> is there any is there ever any time to do all
2: the things you want to do no <laughs> it's like a, a, i mean the process was pretty arduous i mean it's been seven months you know of just hard labor do it when you can yeah. um you know uh, constant work-life balance and juggling like i right, can't work on that day gotta go to the fill in the blank right
1: um
2: you know i i, I think a uh, having good teams in place, uh-huh. I think, like Ignition Factory, shout out to the whole crew. Like they are, it's a stellar group of people. I l- luckily I can check in and be hands on where needed, but not yeah. necessarily like in the trenches. Of, you know, hundred percent of my time, um, but also. It was a little bit of a cheat because it's like anecdotes and takeaways from interviews. So it's like a lot of the stuff that I knew, right? um, And it's still like even though it's done, it's not done. Like like every time I look at it, I'm like, ah, I should have said, ah, I should have changed this line, or just uh, it's like I was having a a conversation with um, a friend of mine who's a documentary filmmaker, and we were just having this conversation about like how it's never it's never done. So you know, I've adopted this mindset. You know, kind of in my personal shift was you know, done is better than perfect. Uh-huh. You know, and I think I'm definitely, like, I will put stuff out in the world. I'm sure you know, even just from doing the show, it's like, ah, I didn't get to answer that question right. or uh, he said something the way that, I, that nobody will understand. Right. And you find like, most times, the the, the episodes that I like the least you know, tend to do well. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, that was a bad interview. Was right. like, oh. And you're like, I love the, the conversation <laughs> you had with such and such. You're like, Oh, you did? What's wrong with you? Um, yeah. So you know, I it's, it's, I had to go at some point. It's good enough. Right. Uh-huh. It's not. It's, yeah. it's not perfect, but it, you know, and hopefully people will like enjoy
1: it. Yeah. Um. How? I think some people in uh you know working at a big corporation, you kind of. A lot of people assume they have to, um, a lot of people would be afraid to kind of take on as much as you have outside of that, mm-hmm. right, for like, <clears throat> you know, big companies are a lot of fiefdoms and a lot of people trying to like play politics and, mm-hmm. and uh, so how do you, you know, how do you think about that?
2: I had did, I did think about, so I had a manager for a couple of years and I was having that very thing i was like well i'm this person here and he's like he said your name is your name like no matter where you go yeah. right and you know obviously it has a little bit more depth to it than the like the, the line in and of itself and for me innovation crush becomes a feeder for work that i want to do with omd like yeah. a lot of the individuals that i've talked to or the organizations that are profiled or whatever have become collaborators in some way. So it kind of, in that ecosystem, it kind of just becomes a fishing exercise. Or if I want to book a speaker for something that we're doing at CES through OMD, I was like, hey, you want to come do this thing? Are you going to be, like, it's just, it's relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, It's all under, uh, you know, a specific umbrella. You know, for me, innovation, and I know it's like it's such a broad term and kind of doesn't mean anything in a lot of circles. But it's like, who are really smart creators that are doing things that are valuable for culture yeah. right and whether we're dealing uh, on the work side with a pepsi or a wells fargo I was like i can start to plug and place pieces there um and i think it's uh, you know at some point i had to be willing to like burn the midnight oil you yeah. know i think with, with the book process i will tell you when i was at ces um i was given tours uh-huh. i had, i was producing an event um, and my publisher was like, "Hey, we need your notes on the on the manuscript back, which uh, in a Word document was 173 pages." Right. So I'm like, "There's no way I'm a." Yeah. And sure enough, I, but this I was like, "This is what I chose." Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "So literally up till one in the morning, getting up at four, mm-hmm. like in Las Vegas, yeah. <laughs> walking seven, eight miles, and and in my mind." I did like I had to reconcile with that because I was like, it's temporary, right? Like this level of output is it's for this moment in time, right? Like there will be a recoil and I will like get the rest I need and be as attentive as I need to be in the the areas that I'm missing out on. Right. So um, so and it's also just being careful, uh, you know, like being mindful that there is a gray area in, in terms of what innovation crush becomes. You asked me earlier just like what surprises have happened. You know I was going on the personal side and you know like an interview chameleon there somebody wrote me a letter I was like I listened to your chameleon interview and I quit smoking uh-huh. like okay like nice. it, was, it was like one line in there and yeah, he yeah, talked yeah. about why he doesn't smoke or drink yeah. um, and you know let alone forget about maker studios entrepreneur like all that other stuff they found that one nugget but the other surprise is just like how it started to resonate so having worked with the White House or South by Southwest or C2 Montreal or yeah. You know, any number of, and like, places I'm, I'm always surprised where like, hey, can you come do this thing here? And I'm like, really? You want? Okay. Uh-huh. You know, so the fact that it resonates in a way where people find value, Yeah. You know, I, I, I think part of me, like my wife is always like, of course they want to work with you.
1: But in my mind, I'm like, but. Uh, no, nah, whenever I talk to somebody that listens to the show, I, I can never believe it. Yeah, I mean, like, exactly. Like, really? It's really, it's a yeah. really
2: weird thing. Yeah. You know, uh, Oprah said this was, Somebody asked her once. She's like, "What's the most common thing people tell you when they um, after they after you interview them?" And she's like, "She said, Is, uh, how was it? Did I do good? Like, uh-huh. w- was it good enough?' right yeah. And, and yeah, obviously, she's profiling some of the best people right, right, right. you know you can find on the planet. Yeah, and they're like, their insecurity starts to come yeah, through. Yeah. Like, what was it? Was it good enough? And every episode, I just published an episode this morning, and I was like, she yeah, <laughs> so I'm like, nice. Um, I'm still like feeling like uh-huh. a kid. Like, a, is it, Are you guys going to like this
1: one? Hey, what's up? If you're new to Rebel Radio, uh, go back in the archives and check out some of our earlier episodes. Check out the one I have with Darlene Ortiz, Darlene the Syndicate Queen. She was Ice-T's first wife. She's got some amazing stories about life in hip-hop, raising a family, and... Um, you know how she's made her way through all that experience. It's good stuff. But of course, finish up here first with Chris Denson. How? What's changed about how you do the show since you started? Um, keep. I'm keeping it day one. Yeah. No, I
2: um. I think I don't know. Comfort maybe. I, I, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I kind of stuck to my format. You know, it's kind of is weird when you. I think i probably would have started with some different things had i had more resources like i would have had a different type of production value sure. to it you know would have felt like a little more you know just some some nuances and things i, w- I would have done but i settled into you know my comfort zone yeah um I, what's changed if anything is just like i, w- I want to evolve it you yeah. know i think that's part of the reason i, r- I wrote the book is just like you know what else can we do with this brand yeah right um you know can we start to create more video and you know i can talk to virgin galactic about the world you know in an audio format but Uh it's another thing to go to new mexico and like walk around that facility and try on a spacesuit and push buttons and right (laughs) and kick over stuff yeah Uh, i I took my team to meet um we went to JPL, Uh jpl nice and um my running joke which got really annoying quickly. I was referring to everything as a space version of whatever it was. So was like, Look a space garbage can. Look, space table a space table. I'm sure they appreciate that. <laughs> exactly. Space stairs like everything was space. So uh that's probably why I don't have a visual show. <laughs> that. Maybe you will. <laughs> Maybe I will. You need sight gags. <laughs> space stairs. Um but uh, yeah, as far as what's changed, I don't, you know more money, more problems. I guess. I don't know. Right. <laughs> um, you know, I think the caliber of interviewee is kind of. Uh, I think what's about to happen in uh, throughout the rest of this year is I'm really excited about like just people I never thought I'd get a chance to like sit nice. down with. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, it's cool, and it, it kind of that happens every now and then, but like sure. it's like looking pretty consistent.
1: Nice. So, what well, I know you travel to a lot of uh, conferences. Mm-hmm. What? It seems like every time I go to a conference, people sit around complaining about how bad the conference is. Yeah. That's like the.
2: Yep. I hate going to South by Southwest. So, too many people.
1: Or like the one I get. Conference. Well, oh, the <laughs> South by thing. Like, I think it was Ad Week last yeah. week. There was like all these people speaking out on how it's, it's gone downhill. Yeah. And all the people quoted were like these agency suits saying, like, it's all a bunch of suits now. Right, right, right. Yeah, like you are the reason. Yeah, you're the problem that you don't like it. <laughs> that wasn't my question. Yeah, no, it's um, fine. It was a good anecdote. What I'm are enjoying. the uh, What are the best events out there?
2: Ooh, the best ones. Um, Worlds is good. Yeah, uh, it's just kind of fresh because I'm actually partnered with them on the on the book launch. Oh, nice. Um, but uh, so shout out to, to Worlds. Uh, but it, like, I did, yeah, Roman's was. been on the show. He's oh, great, friend. yeah, yeah. Roman's the man. Yeah. Um, I think I really like C2 okay. in Montreal, yeah. Uh, which C2 is creativity and commerce. The reason I like it is that as much as this, because you know, you go to network, you go to network, right? It's a lot of times, like, last time I ran into you was at, I think it was at, Net- at World. a Worlds event, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was like, and we hung out for like a long time, and like, you kind of like re get a chance to reconnect with people, right? Um, and meet new ones. But C two, in addition to that, also has it's just like a visual spectacle. So they partnered oh, really? with um, Cirque du Soleil. Nice. So when you walk in, like you're literally like, so you are automatically in a mindset and a physical environment that's you've been transported. That's cool. so you're ready to just what's next, right? Yeah. They had a, they had a conference room like a floating conference room. Uh-huh. So it was like literally wow. like a net elevated above the yeah, above the ground with chairs on it, and the chairs were floating above the, like, and that's how you could have your meeting. Wow. Um I did interviews there and they actually built out a thing that they call the aquarium, which uh-huh. is like a giant glass cube, um, sitting in the middle of like one of the halls on the floor and it's got like content on all the sides and then we were projecting sound out into the common area. It's just nice. everything sort of like you're taken out of your element. Yeah. And I think you know, for at least for my purposes of innovation, like that's what I want to do. I want to take people out of their normal day to day. Yeah. Um, that and then like I I think the usual ones and ones that people do complain about, the consumer electronics show, yeah. you know, uh, Comic Con. You uh-huh. know, it's like I think anything that grows over time could I mean, shoot, C S has been around over fifty years now. So sure. Um, it's never going to be like it was or like you remembered it. Comic-Con, like if, I, if I'm a comic book nerd, it's like, well, there's too many movie promotions there. It's like, those are the movies you like. Like, what do you, you know? Right.
1: Um, so it's... I mean, it seems like events especially are in that business where as soon as you get, as soon as you start making money, like, everyone's mad at you.
3: Yeah.
1: Right, like, like everyone loves it at the beginning because they think they're discovering it. And then... Then they love to say that it's jumped the shark. Whether it's coach, you know, they've been saying that about Coachella for they ten years. They sold out. Yeah, right? exactly. exactly. But yeah, it gets bigger every year. Yeah, right? and you know, South by is the same thing. And I think I think you can. I think you'll find purists
2: in most, like in any area that you go to. Yeah. Like, like for instance, like I studied martial arts for a long time. I kind of hate mixed martial arts because right. I like I'm yeah, because yeah, it's not yeah. It's like mm, this is just like monster energy drink stuff, yeah. right? And of course, like I welcome any challenges to any fighters out there um but uh but yeah it's like i but i know i'm in my head we're gonna yeah.
1: start having fight night rebel you should, Radio, that'd be fight dumb. night yes it's an interview and a fight like just a, a pit
2: yeah I, I, I have a friend who is a shoot fighter which basically you go down in a hole and like one person comes up
1: so what i'm gonna do i'm gonna ask you questions while you're fighting yeah <laughs> <And> like seven <laughs> <laughs> have
2: you ever heard of chess boxing yes so that's that's pretty much what they yeah. like make a play move a chess and then box for three minutes. Love it. Um, uh, now I forgot what the question was, but it, this is fun. Uh, Great events. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. C two and more people come. Yeah, more people Bros. complain and and yeah. and do that sort of th- stuff. I think it's it's your responsibility to make of any environment what you can. You know yeah. uh, there was an article in Forbes recently um, <laughs> to talked about how some of the best innovation comes from constraint mm-hmm. and it is like when you don't have enough time money or right. it's an unfavorable set of circumstances sure. and you like it requires you know some some ingenuity uh, in order to achieve the result and I think if I'm thrust into a, a, home, uh, a home and garden show. Right. It's like, I'm going to find the thing that's, reson- that's resonating or valuable. Yeah. Um, like I, you have to go seek it out. Right? You have to kind of be deliberate about the time you want to have it, and you also have to just be open to whatever that environment is. You know, like Sure. It, you know, you're married, I, and I'm sure just like my wife is like, hey, we're going to this thing on Saturday. I'm like, I don't want to go to that at all. Matter of fact, we went to this one thing <laughs> And it was like, yeah, it's his musician who's going around doing like living room tours. Oh yeah, James Landman. Um, Oh okay. Sounds cool. I I was I was super relaxed. I was like, it was like gonna be ten people. I didn't feel like being social that night. Like whatever my event complaint was. Yeah, I was like, "Uh," and I went, and I was like knowing that there's a uh, you know i'm also open at the same even despite my complaints i'm like all right let me just go see what i was blown away it was like i was like please come be on my show like i thought like that's cool he was super talented so you know just being open to wherever you're going yeah i'm not good
1: at that (laughs) (laughs) like my wife i mean she'll do she tries to like oh this is something that's out of your you know comfort zone Mm -hmm. so so you'll enjoy it like she, she has this She's the eternal optimist. She's always right. like, you don't know you're going to enjoy this, but you're going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I never enjoy it. And I'm always <laughs> like, I, I already know I'm going to hate it and yeah. I'm not going. I've been there too. And, <laughs> uh, you know, she keeps trying though. Especially when, it's like if, for me,
2: with us, it's, it's the music events. you like, yeah. oh, there's this artist I like. And I'm just like, I'm going. I'm like, I'm I'm not enjoying this yeah. at all. And on occasion, there'll be a pleasant surprise. But For the most part, I'm like,
1: but happen. what can we? That doesn't have to mm-hmm. me. I'm like, have somebody take my ticket because you're gonna have a better time without me there. Because I'm What be alcohol is for though? Yeah, the... I'm going back to the bar. I'll be back. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's funny. All right, I have a.
2: you, you want to send me a text message for yeah. the next question? Yeah. Exactly. Turn my
1: phone off. we to you, take a to um... be respectful of you. I have a lightning round for you.
2: Mm. Ah, I'm ready for it. Uh, for the audio version, I'm drinking water, just uh, in
1: case anybody uh, that wasn't like refreshing. That Thanks for the letting lightning us round. Out. But uh, all right. You say that's water. Tell me one decision that changed your life forever.
2: One decision that's changed my life forever. Um. I I was going to say marriage, but it seems too easy.
1: No one says that. Really? You might be the first if you. you, I'm not going to hold you to that. Good.
2: I'm in the job of being first. So, um, because I think, so I I had my daughter out of wedlock, right? So, um, uh, but she became a full time dad pretty quickly. And I was very hesitant to, like, Date and expose you know my daughter to, to let's take your daughter to Disney like no like, right. I don't I don't know you like that yeah uh, <laughs> um, and so when my wife and I were dating the that meeting happened by accident uh. um, but I got a glimpse into like oh my life could be easier not like I'm using her in any way but <laughs> but I got a glimpse of like oh this is what it's like you know coming from a divorce like a split right. family home yeah. then being a single dad myself like not really having yeah. an example like what it's like to be in a but I also think. You know, something that happens when two people come together, whether they're founders of a company or like in matrimony, uh-huh. um, that you, you know, biblically you talk about being a helpmate, right? Okay. So everything you do as a couple should be for the greater good. And was it like uh almost like an interdependence, right? Like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. um where you That's know That's some Stephen Covey shit, right? I uh, see, there you go. Um is um you know be having somebody that can just be a sounding board or at least in, in our house is like all my dumb jokes that happen all day long yeah so like I we were watching the olympics last night and somebody fell like ice skating and i i rewound it like four times Cause it was it they fall but this fall in particular was hilarious so it's right. just she's like okay the can stop rewinding it um but you know the but I think at home is probably where I probably f- most fully express myself. Mm. And I'm like, actually, that's a good, I have a, there's a show idea that, um, I, I pitched, um, it's a, all about a black exploitation martial arts. Uh-huh. Um, and that started because of a party that we threw together. We did a Halloween party a, a few years back and it was called rock the mic. Okay. But you had to come dressed as any version of a Mike, oh, like nice. Michael Jackson, you know, nice. Mike Ditka, like which is who she was. I was, uh, I forget who, I've I now forgot who, I was. but I like I dressed up in this karate, But I gave this character like a whole backstory, and you know, just joking around in the car. Okay. The, the thing, and I was like, I'm writing this, and I literally like wrote a treatment like that next day. Um, so you know, but that came from home, you know? So um, that ability to, to just build together. That's cool. And, you know, I don't know. You have somebody to watch the kids when, I'm, when I have to yeah, go yeah. places. That's
1: important. <laughs> man, I've been trying to get my son to watch uh, The Last Dragon. He won't, he, he doesn't want to see it for some reason. I'll make him watch it. So Yeah, I wish you would. <laughs> so it's such a good movie. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great movie, man. You anybody? Are you are your mind. And the Leroy Green I'm looking for, little punk thinks he's a kung fu master.
3: I am no master. You sure look like a master to me.
1: Where'd they come? from? Oh, you oh, talking about, about karate? Uh, karate black yeah. exploitation movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: no, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, that's not exactly. I was supposed to be remaking it? I thought. Are I they? It was, I don't know. Jaden don't know. Smith could have just started a, a whole rumor. That's I like a he Jaden. was great in the Karate, karate Kid. I didn't see it. I'm, what movies have you seen? I'm talking, come on. I right saw records. Black Panther. Cool. That was my show. Everybody saw that one. Yeah. Um, no, The Last Dragon is, is like, it's like a perfect movie. Oh, I, yeah. So when I moved to so Hollywood, good. funny story is that Timok, the star of the movie, lived in my building. Oh, no way. Yep. <laughs> so um, I was like, hey, this is this like my first celebrity uh-huh. s- sighting. <laughs> you
1: and know? you're like, aren't you supposed to be richer?
2: <laughs> exactly. Well, it was.
1: A building of studio and one bedroom apartments. So uh, exactly. Like, oh, what happened?
3: I, like,
1: I lived in it, uh, or my ex lived in a building that was a little bit nicer than that. But oh, uh, you in my building? You don't know it was it was a nice. Building. No, I know where you lived. Oh, okay, Thanks. but Kumo D moved in downstairs, hmm. and I used to see him in the elevator. Like, and actually, my ex, my had met him, and she didn't really know who he was. She's like, oh, this is Mo. <laughs> I thought he used to live downtown. Because he didn't have the same glass. 129th Street. <laughs> we don't have a 129th Street in you know, L.A. Those, are his, those are lyrics the from Kumo
2: song. <laughs> Wild Wild West. Yes. I used to live downtown. 129th Street, convent. Everything's upbeat, parties. Ball in the park, nothing. But girls at the dark, we chill. Nobody gets ill in the place. We cover hill, but if you triumph... That's when they will get wild, but they don't fight; they kill. That's the Like I say, you got youngsters listening to the show, I'm having, having people digging in the crates on YouTube. I don't think we—they shot that video show. all in winter, like it was just snowing, yeah. and it's like—I <laughs> don't think they had the proper equipment to shoot it, so it's like it's blurry and yeah, then, like for sure. snowflakes hitting the camera. Um, Modi was like a thing, you know. Of course, of course. With those those uh, visors he used to wear in the and uh, uh-huh. the round hat, I think I'm gonna be him for Halloween. His name's not Mike. That's okay. It's Mo. I it was, so uh, it's a
1: Mo party. I thought Mo was short for Mike. I'm sure it is. <laughs> complete the <this> sentence. <laughs> I don't no, have. I talent. I thought we had a lightning round. Some <laughs> <is> some lightning. <laughs> <laughs> it's our slowest lightning round yet. <laughs> exactly. We time these. Zzz. We rank them in order. Um, complete the sentence. I don't have talent. I have blank curiosity. So if I worked for you, what is something I would hear you say over That'll again? never happen. <laughs> no, I'm <just> kidding. <laughs> What would I hear you say over and over?
2: Um enjoy the process.
1: Mm.
2: Uh, I think if, if uh, you know, if you're in the business of making ideas all the time and like they 90% of them don't get made. <laughs> yeah, get frustrating, but like enjoy the process of creating. You know, any artist will tell you that, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, and yes, there's frustrations that come with it, but uh, find places to enjoy the process.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's something I find myself teaching the people that work for me is the, is the like, we're not gonna get to the ideas that we sell if we don't go through the ideas that we don't sell.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. And it's like, I, I mean, my favorite thing to do is brainstorm. Yeah. Like I just like you know most people if i sit down and we have a lunch or a meet or like whatever it's like you tell me it's like i don't know oh i was going to buy these shoes and i found them and i was like oh you know we should get the shoes like i like i automatically have 10 other ideas about how you should get those shoes. Yeah. Um and it, sometimes they're unwarranted ideas. And sometimes they're horrible. But uh, <laughs> but it's just like i you got to love the process of you know, creating and, and interacting with with people.
1: It's funny. I was going to ask you what your comedy background has done for your business, mm-hmm. but I think it's so obvious.
2: You have to read the introduction of the book. Gosh. The first chapter is comparing innovation to stand-up comedy. But, yes, what what's obvious to you?
1: No, it's that being willing to go get up there in front of people and fail. Yes. And make, you know. So you knew I failed. In, in comedy. <laughs> no, but you have, but... <laughs> But you have to be willing. Yeah. Did you ever bomb? Of, of course. I've probably bomb more
2: than I didn't. Yeah. Um, no, you're absolutely right. I think it is, a, you know, that loneliness thing, you know, even that is just one pillar of, of exploration is like you are up there by yourself and you have some. Inkling of an idea that this thing is about to be funny, right. and it may or may not be. Yeah. May, the client may or may not like this idea. Sure. And I'll not only do I have to like deliver, you know, well informed and you know, di- different pitch. Like if I'm making a joke about going out on a date, I also have to keep in mind like, these people have probably heard thousands of dating jokes. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. men do this, women do that. It's like, but the fact that a Jerry Seinfeld can do it differently than Joe Blow. Yeah. It's like it's indicative of, you know, no idea is like the most original thought, sure. but it's the delivery, it's the connection with an audience, you're pitching an idea in a room, it's like I have to know if that person's nodding off. I, I mean, I've joked with I've seen people like their eyes closing and I will call them out on it just like you would in a you know in a, in a comedy club. Right. Like so I was I, I was giving a talk recently and somebody got up in the front row to go to the bathroom. And I was like, where are you going? And I like I followed her up, you know. And then um, was gone for maybe, you know, whatever, 10 minutes or whatever. And then I was like, all right, so let me bring you up to speed, you know, when uh-huh. she came back in, in the room. So it was just like, and, that, and I don't think it has to be blatant, you know, entertainment when you, from a business perspective. Right. But that thick skin of, like... All right, I know some of this stuff was gonna go over well, and and also know like okay, you guys like the dick jokes, right. or in that, in this sense, it might be like you like the artificial intelligence. Let's talk about that a little bit more, right? Right. So is, is that ability to read and be flexible in a room despite whatever routine you have worked out in?
1: Man, I was in a new business meeting not that long ago, and and the dude fell asleep, yeah. Like the CEO that I was in the middle of my sentence fell asleep, yeah. And uh his two guys after called me to apologize
3: mm-hmm.
1: right but but regardless of that i since then I've beat myself up for like I should have said something to him, yeah, and I don't know why I didn't whatever for for whatever reason, I wasn't comfortable mm-hmm. but I'm sure i mean who knows how the everything would have turned out, yeah, but I'm sure I would have felt better about the outcome had i just said something to him
2: it's tough it's, i mean I, I, it's kind of you're touching on something we were talking about earlier it's just like there's always a coulda shoulda yeah woulda of course. like you're like oh man i you know um and i think that that's very in stand-up right is similar to like being heckled i remember yeah. my, the first time my mom came to see me do stand-up and I didn't cuss, like I didn't, you know, I didn't cuss at all. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't, I was kind of square-ish. Uh, I didn't drink until I was 20, like my 21st birthday, like all this stuff. And so uh, my mom came to see me do a show on campus. And um, it was the, maybe the first or second time I was getting heckled. Uh-huh. And again, you know, stand-up, you're kind of doing repeat right. material. And one dude was like, ah, oh, I heard this one. And then he like, he finished the joke kind of thing. Oh, shit. And I froze because like my mom was yeah. there. And I was like... Uh, Man, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like was like, you know, if we were in the in the cafeteria, like a 1000% would have roasted but my mom right. didn't know that part of it. Right, right. Me. right. So, it was like, uh, my sister was also there and she was like, you should have said but I was like, how it was Oh, so, uh, but I beat myself up for that. Yeah, one Yeah, a cool. while. And then you got to cool. like, then you if you have something else on your calendar a few weeks later right. a, on the same campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I hope that dude's not <laughs> gonna be there oh, again, man. right? Um, but uh, but I think that, that always preps you for the next time because there will be somebody else who falls asleep.
1: Yeah. It's not gonna be. Yeah, like, yeah, of course. Exactly. So now you know, like, all right, this next time. And that, that's all you can do, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is do it better next time. Um, Who would you be most excited to learn as a fan of your work?
2: Uh, That's a long list. Um, uh, Can I be tender for a second? My, probably my kids. Okay. Um, Cause uh, you know, as as this platform grows and stuff like that, it's like, you know, like I think if you watch any like, PR interview for like a movie tour or whatever. It's like, oh, my kids don't think I'm right. whatever. Like, I kind of do want my kids to to, sure. <laughs> to think that the stuff that I'm talking about the world. I took my daughter. Uh, this is dumb, but when I interviewed Chameleon Air, uh-huh. like she had a day off of school or whatever, and I brought her. That's cool. She fell asleep. Yeah. She fell asleep in like sitting like right like maybe like four feet from the dude, <laughs> and I was like. Uh, cause, yeah, we talk talking about hip hop music and like all that stuff. Um, and then, That's uh, funny. yeah, but then there's other people uh, because we watch Adam Ruins Everything, which uh-huh. is a show on True TV, and uh-huh. like we love that show. Yeah, it's a great and show. I interviewed him, and she begged to go. Oh, yeah, yeah, but uh, I wouldn't take out of stuff. Nah, you fell asleep last time. Cause I, I hold grudges <laughs> against my kids. <laughs> um, <As you laughs> nope, nope, uh uh, good, nope. So, um, that, and then maybe. I don't know like the people I look up to in the space like a Neil deGrasse Tyson uh-huh. or um uh I think about I think about Will Smith a lot for some reason uh-huh. like I think the dude he'd been doing a great job of chiming in on things that he likes like he did some shout out oh, to really? the Black Panther cast oh, okay. and crew recently right. um
1: I mean he's he's an innovator
2: Yeah no exactly yeah, and sure. like you know the the other version of that question is often um uh who would you most want to be like? He's you, like, on my list, okay. right, of sort of hands in a lot of different things and, um, and that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I think those are...
1: What's your favorite city to travel to?
2: Miami and or Montreal. Okay.
1: Um, both Montreal's just, on the list. I've never been there.
2: Montreal, go to C2. Yeah.
1: Uh,
2: Montreal is, um, I don't know, it's just, like, it's... So, C2, I, I kind of jokingly call the poor man's can. OK. You know, it's so like the can happens on the south of France, yeah. and it's like boats and like linen, and, you know, all that stuff, right. which I've never been to. I'm just, I'm just ex- making it up for myself. It's, you gotta go. It's what I think it is. No, it is. Uh, oh, OK, cool. Yeah. I got it right. Moet popping like, just, yeah. I'm on a no, boat.
1: Uh, Rosé. See? Rosé all I day. I have no idea. Yeah, don't show up at Moet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a
2: bad leg. Um, show up with some uh, barefoot. Look, look <laughs> like, it won an award. Um, in a can <laughs> in a can uh, no like it's just it is like Montreal is just like this city and there's a street like St. Catherine it's kind of like it's a walkable street but it uh-huh. like, goes on for miles there's museums they actually have the largest street art festival in the world really yeah they get like 120,000 people that come oh it's, I'm gonna go to that just, yeah I it's, it's, see too yeah exactly yeah. go to that just stay for a month okay. Like a month apart Done. Um, and then Miami is just it's Miami man he's the best <laughs> and of course detroit
1: yeah who doesn't hometown. love detroit a lot of people don't but um oh. but i do yeah, it's just like uh no but, uh, funny i've uh, only been once and i went in february which i'm mm. told is a mistake so you hate detroit yeah that makes sense no it was fine it was just freezing
2: going like like at the end of february when people like the, i heard the,
1: there's like great art and food like all the all the like all the signs of gentrification yes, are showing yes, up yes. like coffee like oh the coffee's amazing exactly. Like white people. So that's yeah. the name of the one of the restaurants.
2: What do white people eat? <laughs> um, but no, it's like it's it, it, just a city that's on a huge upswing and a lot of like amazing stuff. I'm sure happening there. What book has had the biggest impact on you? Um, A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. I'm surprised it's not in my in my backpack right now because I started rereading it. Really? Uh, yeah, it's um. I remember I told you that period of my life where I was like, well, everything sucks, Um, which I think I'm still reliving. She
1: has one of my favorite quotes Hmm. of all time, which I can't get right. But the thing about stop thinking you're too small
2: Yep. Uh, or something you're too big. We're actually afraid of our greatness because I was like, but by what is it? Like the concept is. By being our biggest selves we actually give permission to other people to cause we try to humble ourselves we're like yeah. no i don't want to do that i don't want to be too great yeah i was like but no it's like you do it and you're setting an example for for somebody else yeah. um that book is just like it was like take your favorite album and you're like every line like oh that was dope oh, okay. wait we run that what um it, and it just it came at a like a, at the right time mm. right and yeah. i think i followed that up with uh, Eckhart Tolle, um, uh, Power of Now. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, and he told this one like, this one of my favorite stories in that book, is when he's like, he, I was a psychology student, and he's like, I got on the bus, I was going to go to to class, and probably had a half hour on the bus. <laughs> Excuse me, and um, he said uh, there was a crazy woman on the bus who was talking, and she was going on about how angry she was at her sister, and you know, how could you do this to me? And obviously talking to nobody, but just like talking the whole time. And he just, he was fascinated by it. And he just, and then he noticed he was getting off uh, on the bus and she was getting off at the same stop. Then they were walking in the same direction. And then he flips it and he's like, I realize the only difference between us and her is that she's saying it out loud. Mm. It's like all these kind of things that we cycle through in our head. It's like just getting away of us being, you know, open to, to new stuff. Um, and that's just like, I don't know, three pages of story mm-hmm. <laughs> in that, in mm-hmm. the, book. um, and you th- so just getting out of your own head, that was like a really
1: big thing, you know, at a, at, a, at the right time. Yeah. I, what sure. movie have you seen the most in your life? Um, I
2: thought of this this morning. It's, it's up there for sure. Um, is Hollywood Shuffle. Okay. Um, that's such a great movie <laughs> it's, a, it's an amazing movie may I help you sir how much for an order of ribs uh, 250
1: 250 how many ribs do I get with that uh, about 5 5 so I guess that's about
3: 50
2: cents a rib huh yeah about
3: okay, let me get one right
2: on one order One of ribs no 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 no
3: one rib. One
1: rib. I sure am hungry.
2: That or vacation. Okay. Vacation was like hands down. And whenever anybody asks me like, "What's your favorite movie or favorite comedy?" is like vacation. It's like yeah. Every single moment of the yeah, movie. it was yeah, hilarious, yeah. and just the way the story progressed and like, and finally they get on the, you know, complete the mission. Uh huh. And you know they've spent the ninety minutes trying to get to Wally World, this yeah. theme park, and then they get there and it's closed. So yeah. every like hubcaps being stolen, oh, I mean, relative no, dying dog no got killed. Moment in that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's... but Hollywood Shuffle was just like because I, I like I think in terms of sketches, right? You, the, like the ho- uh-huh. the Halloween uh-huh. costume, like everything. I think I like I play out a scenario, and it's just like a weird thing I do. Um, and that movie was like a sketch comedy show. It was like, yeah. but it was one person's yeah, yeah. journey through all these different movies right. and moments. I was thinking of it because I, I don't even know why I thought of this this morning. But uh, there's a scene in there where he's, uh, they're trying to convince him to keep working at Winky Dinky Dog.
1: James, you seen this movie? Uh, you oh, have you got to go play. watch Hollywood this, this Show.
2: Your, this is your sign learning. Yeah. Every, anybody's listening to this right now, like that's it's a sign learning. Because, he, wait, he, got, he said, uh, Oh, because Tiny was a big, fat dude that worked at the hot dog stand. Yeah, yeah. He's like, but do. Robert Townsend wanted to be an actor. And they're like, you, like, uh, he's like, oh, you thinking, he's like, look at me. I've been working for three years. Now they let me lock up the place. You thinking the studio's going to let you lock up the place? <laughs> it's like, we it's were like, uh. It's probably was funnier when you see it.
1: I mean, it, that's such a great movie, and it's, and it's, I'm glad you said it, because it's like, people, we've forgotten, People don't know who Robert Townsend is, right? Like he's gone. I don't know ish where he went. Uh, Maybe not. I'm sure he's doing something. Okay, but we haven't heard from him in a long time. Is what (laughs) I'm saying. And and people don't know that movie. And uh, but it was, I think, such an important movie at its time. Yeah. Uh, And and like the and and I think that even that genre, doesn't really exist anymore.
3: Oh look,
2: dude. So what I really wanted to say, not necessarily that I saw them a lot, but, like, Kentucky Fried movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, all these Group movies two. that, like, decided, like, you know what? Forget the format. Right. right? Forget the proper format of what a movie is supposed to be. Yeah. It's Kentucky Fried movie, Amazon women from... Yeah, yeah. Um, on the moon. Yeah, Amazon women on the moon. Yeah. Did you know that every seven minutes a black person is born in this country without soul? Hello, I'm B.B. King. Won't you help Don Simmons and the thousands of others that suffer from this tragic disorder? Its cruel symptoms can strike anyone.
1: Let's take a look. I think the Republican Party has done one heck of a job.
2: Don't you, June? I'll say, Ward, we Republicans have turned this country around. Just I like... saw that like 20 times. <laughs> yeah, oh sure. my gosh. Donnie No-Soul Sim- Simmons. <laughs> um, and it was like, though. All those three that I just named are kind of like, including Hollywood Shuffle, just decided to like break the rules. Like, yeah. we want to put something together. It may not fit the, you know, uh, uh, first act, second act, third act, you know, right. boy meets girl, boy loses girl, boy gets girl back, you yeah. know, like the formulaic process of what a movie should be. Um, and it was just hilarious. It was just like, so good. You know, whenever somebody gets, it's like, that's the sort of celebration. Creativity that we really celebrate, that's why things become cult classics, Uh because it's it's not necessarily mainstream. It's like, I liked how they did that, because I I haven't seen that before. Right. Um, Is there
1: still room for that in, in culture today?
2: Yes. I think it happens every day, I think, is the problem is that there's so much of it. Right. You know, how many times have you stumbled upon something where you're like, that was genius, they should do that again. And you look, it's like, like eight views, right? Yeah. And you're like, or, you know, so it's it's harder to cut through the clutter. Yeah. Um, and I think if you wanna get into the bureaucracy of like entertainment, it's like, because there's so much to pull from, everybody's kind of gun, like trigger shy, whatever the phrase is, because they need to the hit, right? You, you yeah. Know, the, the model is, we're gonna invest in 10 projects one of them will blow up and pay for the rest of the experiments right but those, <laughs> right. that experimenting the appetite for experimentation is, is like closing so uh but you just find like individual creators like oh i do this uh-huh. like oh i never would have even thought that was a thing yeah to begin with
1: yeah yeah who's your favorite
2: dj like which kind of dj Are you talking about elbow scratching it's dj up to you um Wedding DJ, bar mitzvah. <laughs> uh, DJ Tanner from uh, Full House. Um, <laughs> no, uh, try, why am I drawing a blank on his name? Uh, for, well, first, got to give a shout-out to Mick DJ Mick uh, Batisky, um who's a guest on the show and also collaborating with me on the Crushing the Box mixtape. Um, yeah, that's such a great idea to do a mixtape for a book. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I try, you know, I was like, one of the pressures of me writing this book was like, well, I'm a, if I'm supposed to be the innovation guy, I better at least accent it with some things that are different. <laughs> yeah. But some of it is simple. That. Like, one of the things, I, I was just talking to the publisher, I was like, does anybody ever put their, like, social media handle on the cover? And right. And it's like, I've never seen an at such and such on a book cover. I feel like Gary, I, don't, I can't picture it on, but I feel like Gary would have done that. Well, you'll see it on mine, Josh. Okay, good. Um, but there's a but I'm going to go ahead and say that no one's done that. Yeah, go ahead. So you say yeah. just for purposes of you know hype. Um, why am I trying to blink on the dude's name? He used to do these dope mixtapes and it was like scratching and blending. Like I missed those days where like a mixtape was like a, like it was mixed yeah. and like yeah, yeah. you got scratches and there's like dope transitions and you Overland beats on, on lyrics and stuff like that. Um, uh, it's not Scribble, it's not it's Q, Q- Bird. Anyway, I'll, I'll bring it back up later. I can, you know. yeah. Mail it, mail it in. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, yeah, when this publishes,
1: I'll, like, do an edition. <laughs> that's right. You're like, DJ, da, 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 So the book's out next month.
2: hmm Yes. Available
1: at bookstores everywhere.
2: Yes. Um, Amazon, Kindle, we're going to be running a special in the first week. Okay. 99 cents on Kindle. Nice. 99, 9.90, it's a lot of nines. 9.99 um for the hard copy
1: is that like your number or something that's like a, there's like I a mean, you know, n- you know, numerologist gave you that yeah yeah, yeah yeah. no no
2: but uh i wonder what the number nine signifies in numerology though
1: listen to um this uh x clan has a song the years of the nine <laughs> and
2: i've heard x clan <laughs> reference uh, since x Clan's <laughs> <like, laughs> uh Man, that first record was amazing. Yeah. You, you listen to a lot more conscious
1: rap than I did. I, I listen to everything. I was like, I was ignorant at home. No, I listen to everything. I mean, I grew <laughs> up on Too Short. and then, But no, I listen to all of it. Yeah, yeah. But I went and saw X-Clan at... Uh, Again. How many people were there? Uh, no, it was a big show. <laughs> it was like a, It was in the Velodrome. Vel- velodrome. Okay. Somewhere. There, somewhere in L.A. Know, yeah. there's a Velodrome. Yeah. And they were playing in... Um, and he was talking at length about Mm. the numerology behind the number nine, Mm. because I think it was 1990 or something, and Mm, and he was signaling a a shift in consciousness was about to occur, and so they have a song that talks about that, so you may want to study up on that. Uh, look, okay, I'm break up my explains. Exist
2: in uh, a state of van-glorious as we are protected by the red, the black, and the green. Heed the words of the brother. Sissy. Let us the words, word, the phrases, the paragraph. Heed math as J begins class. The science of past is now brought to the rhyme fix. From the scroll, straight to the verse. God to God, from God to man. Many kings, many
1: leaders, Thanks, um, thanks for talking to me, man. This is fun. I could do it all day.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: This is, uh, uh, so how does? what's the social media handle that's going to be on the cover of the book?
2: Densonology. Yes. The Study of Oneself.
1: Nice. D-E-N-S-O-N-O-L-O-G-Y.
2: And then uh, www.thecrush.co for everything else.
1: Cool. Yeah. Thanks, man. Come back. Let us know how
2: successful the book was. I will do that. And I will also let you know uh, what I learned from x
1: I don't expect that. (laughs) Yes, that was Chris Denson on Rebel Radio. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Uh, Leave us a comment, a review on iTunes. Hit us on our social, at Rebel Radio Net. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook. we got a YouTube page with videos from a lot of our interviews. And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio.